Welcome to the Movie Planet Season 5, Episode 21. This week we're talking about 1986's Little Shop of Horrors. With Joe. Excuse me, pardon me, beg your pardon. If you two kids would just stop singing for a moment, I've got something I want to discuss with you. And Sam. Does this thing scare you? Yes. Would you like if I took this thing and made straight for your goddamn incisors? No. It hurt, right? Mm-hmm. You'd scream, right? Mm-hmm. Well, get your ass in here! Welcome to the Movie Planet. Joining me is the Audrey 2 to my Seymour Crawlboard. You want to be Audrey 2 or Tui? Tui. Okay, here's my Tui to my Seymour Crawlboard. Yeah. Sam, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> Buenos noches. Yes, we are doing a, a couple of musicals in a row. Oh, shit. Oh, my. Uh, yeah, and let's be clear. We are not doing the musicals you think we may be doing. No, there's no Les Mis here. No Phantom. We're going gutter hopping. We're going from Little Shop of Horrors today to Rocky Horror Picture Show in two weeks. <laughs> but you know what? There's something about musicals. It, they got to touch your heart in the right way. This movie touches me much better than Phantom. Ooh, yeah, I that, said that's it. a childhood thing for me. I See, said you it. have you have this Phantom of the Opera is for me. Yeah. And you know what? I'm a firm believer that there's two types of people in this world. There's those that think Les Mis is better than Phantom and those that think Phantom is better than Les Mis. Oh, well, cool. Les Mis is well, you know, I haven't seen the original, but if we're going from movies. Yes. Then Gerard Butler's Phantom <laughs> is less superior than the newest Russell Crowe's yes. Javert. You know, that's not a name I was going to throw out. It was more... Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway and Wolverine himself. Oh, yes. The Greatest Showman. Was literally just a gut punch to the emotions. Yes. We haven't actually done a musical since we did Fiddler on the Roof. And I didn't even do that. Yeah, that was Joel, JC, and myself. That was one of our last shows, the three of us all together. Yeah, and your favorite... Uh, newsies. Fucking newsies. I gave that a two. I gave it a D minus. JC gave that a nine? He loves newsies. That's his jam. He's a newsies right. guy. He's a newsies guy? All right. Joel gave it a C. Steve gave it. Steve gave it a B minus. I believe that. <laughs> um, Have you ever seen Neil Patrick Harris's Emmy or Tony opening? Make it big? Make I have better. We're watching that. Hour. But apparently I'm going to see it. It's maybe uh could be the greatest show opener <laughs> ever. I'm I get chills every single time I watch it. You're tickling my pickle. It's <laughs> We decided though after watching Fiddler that when it comes to musicals, if you don't like the music, the style of the music, you're never going to get into the movie. Fiddler on the Roof, it's very difficult to not get into that movie because there's so many good songs in it. Mm-hmm. Newsies is a f***ing pain. <laughs> it's it's, it's f***ing brutal. Uh, but Newsies was interesting because Newsies is the one musical that we did that was not based off of a play beforehand. The oh. play came after the movie. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so here we are. We've got Why? this. We've got because they were like, you know what? It, it did shit at the box office. Maybe it'll be a better Broadway play. I guess they're right. I mean, it's been around forever. It seems like Newsies on Broadway. I couldn't least. even tell you. Yeah. 
It's been out there, but we've only got two movies in the musical pantheon. So I've evolved quite a bit since Newsies. We need to get a West Side Story in here. Which one? (laughs) I mean, if we're doing this... Oh, that's tough. I don't know. Because I want to review, like, we should be reviewing, like, the original because it is just still the best. But, you know, who, the audience is going to go, well, I want to watch the new Steven Spielberg one, which is great in a lot of ways. But also is not so great in a lot of ways. You weren't yes. a fan of the girl who plays uh, Maria. Uh, here's the problem. Uh, like you said, if, you know, if the music just doesn't get to you. Yes. Well, in my case, I didn't like their Tony or Maria. Oh, okay. So, you know, the main characters, baby driver and Maria. So that was a problem for me. (laughs) That's understandable. Uh, for me, it's, I saw it kind of like watching the original psycho. And then when Gus Van Zandt remade psycho shot for shot. And I was like, this isn't necessary. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this was totally unnecessary. It's just new people in the same roles. I mean, this, yeah. It's a musical. (laughs) Everybody knows what happens. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was expecting something like the way that he was going to shoot it in certain scenes was going to be modernized. But as you pointed out to me at one point, you were like, it takes place at this time period. It's, unless they moved up everything, it it wouldn't have made any sense. All the the jazz dancing and all that stuff. Oh yeah, no, that's a part of well, that's a part of the show, right? But I'm saying, what if he had modernized it? Don't you fucking dare put a hip hop song in there? <laughs> dude, I will flip this table with my laptop on it right now. Could have had the. Crips, we are not the Crips and the Bloods, and it takes place in East LA. <laughs> I shouldn't you're be pissing you off me. before this movie because you're going to eviscerate my heart. <laughs> Knock one more point off that grade. Oh, no, no, no. F-er. So anyway, this week we are doing Little Shop of Horrors from 86. Uh, the musical movie Pantheon's only got two movies in it. Uh, Fiddler on the Roof, which is justly there with a solid A minus. I was the low man on that one and I feel dirty. <sighs> I have not rewatched Fiddler, but I have a feeling that when we do Rocky next week, I may be changing my grade. To have uh, Fiddler under Rocky? No, Fiddler, I I gave Fiddler a B plus. I may be moving it up to an A minus. Just like Rocky Horror. I don't see that happening. <laughs> it's a masterpiece. No, the experience is a masterpiece. The movie's a piece of shit. <laughs> now don't you talk like that, darling. How are you doing? How are you doing? <laughs> I see you've met my faith- <laughs> See, it's amazing. Faithful handyman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm a transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> and then there's Newsies, which has a solid C. I gave that a D minus, but you heard the grades earlier. Uh, have you seen Newsies recently? I've never seen Newsies. Don't. I've seen clips and I'm- Aren't you going to cop me? <laughs> I've seen clips and uh, it's all I need to see. That's that's good. That's good. It's Christian Bale when he was young. Yeah, I know. That's fine. <laughs> that's how it was sold to me. I was like, oh, it's Batman? Fuck. Oh, great. 
<laughs> so yeah, uh, maybe at some point you will accidentally see that and you can help bring down that C uh, to where it justly needs to be. But that okay. is my It'll get out of there. completely biased opinion. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I, I'm not going to alter anything. You have don't, you don't have any grades there yet. I have no opinion. So this is your first foray into the musical pantheon. Uh, now that we've had that business, let's get down to business. This week we're talking about 86's Little Shop of Horrors, a movie made for 25 million that brought in 39 million. Jesus, where did that? I mean, the budget probably went to the actors. I mean, and then a couple million into Tui, but damn, yeah, it, it it was not opened in a whole lot of theaters because. At that time, who's going to fucking grab a musical? You know what's in theaters at this time? Aliens. 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 <laughs> uh, a bunch of stuff, actually. Yeah, yeah. This is coming second place to a lot of shit. Yeah, a lot of great Top Gun. Shit. Top Gun. <sighs> this movie lost. guys two. Yep. Karate Kid 2. I mean, it's sequel time. American Tale. Fievel. Oh, Fievel. Fievel. Uh Written by Howard Ashman, directed by Frank Oz. Music by Miles Goodman and Alan Menken, the fantastic Alan Menken. Uh, P- rated PG-13, and this musical may be the shortest musical ever created at an hour and 34 minutes. I'm very happy about it. This thing f***ing cruises. Because <laughs> I, I was watching, I was like, oh, God, how long is this going to be? And I was like, it's only an hour and 34 minutes. It's only an hour and 34 minutes. That's fantastic. And I'm like, if this movie was any longer, we might have a problem. Yeah. It's dragged ass for me. There's no bloated songs in this. Very true. There's also no heart-wrenching moments of a woman lost of her innocence to the low-down scum-of-the-earth <laughs> prostitutes as her daughter goes on. <laughs> Do not... No, there's not that. <laughs> there is a super sadistic d- dentist. I mean, it's a comedy. It's a horror comedy musical. I Like, how... You've seen okay, so I'm assuming the actors have all seen the the original movie. Yeah, and the original movie was not a comedy. No, it was a dark comedy, but it was at that time. What the what the fuck is a dark comedy? Okay, yeah. How do you sell somebody on this script? You for, well, first off, this script particularly, they took it off of the Broadway play. Because the Broadway play was before this. But you also said the Broadway play wasn't doing very well. No, but they were like, we'll, we'll get into it with the making of. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Okay, so starring Rick Moranis as Seymour Krelborn, uh, Ellen Green as Audrey, Vincent Gardenia as Mushnick, Steve Martin as Oren Scrivello DDS, Tashina Arnold, damn Gina. Oh, wait, that's the wrong one. <laughs> as Crystal, Michelle Weeks as Ronette, and Tisha Campbell, damn Gina, as Chiffon. <laughs> Jim Belushi as Patrick Martin, John Candy as Wink Wilkinson, Christopher Guest as the first customer, and Bill Murray as Arthur Denton. And, oh, my heart, Levi Stubbs from the Four Tops as the voice of Audrey too. hence the pipes. Oh, yeah. And... Can we just say it out loud right now? The best character in this is Audrey too. Oh, absolutely. Like all they all the show. They all do a good job. And then they all do an okay job. When the puppet shows up, you're like, you're okay. I'm in. That's the king. (laughs) This is the reason I'm here. Yes. And it does not disappoint. No, he live. I stubs. Yeah. Great barbecue sauce. Great actor. (laughs) According to IMDb, this movie had many different taglines, which is, which one is your favorite? The first one was don't feed the plants. 
The second was put a rare house plant on your television. It talks, it sings, it eats people. And the third, a singing plant, a daring hero, a sweet girl, a demented dentist. <laughs> Why isn't feed me in this? Um, my favorite's the third one because they have the dentist in there for some yeah, reason. For some fucking reason. <laughs> oh, I, I gotta go with the put a rare house plant on your television. It talks, it sings, it eats people. Yes. And uh, you know what? If this, if we'd gotten the original ending, this might have played in a 3D theater where it eats through the screen. Oh. Yeah. Do you remember seeing this for the first time, Sam? What'd you think? Yeah. It was two days ago. And what'd you think? Not a fan. Did you have an awesome time? Did you drink awesome shooters and listen to awesome music and then just sit around and soak up each other's awesomeness? Everything is awesome. <laughs> Yeah, uh, everything's not awesome. Nah, it didn't, didn't work for you. It just didn't tickle my... Pickle. Yeah, it didn't tickle my pickle. That's okay. That's yeah, a, it's fine. Yeah. It happens. Newsies didn't tickle mine. <laughs> Despite all four of them, just... Just... It, it, tickling away. It's just fingers going crazy. Uh, I was very young when I first saw this. I, I had to be eight or nine. I loved this movie so much. It was one of the movies I watched on repeat at home. I knew every word to this. My... My parents say this is the one where I knew all the words of first, but Pirates of Penzance was my first one that I fell in love with. And have you seen Pirates of Penzance? Nope. Okay. That's got Kevin Klein. Well, let me look at the poster real quick. Kevin Klein and Lin, uh, Lin, of Linda Ronstadt. Pirates of Pez. The Pirates of Penzance. Penzance. Yeah, it's a Gilbert and Sullivan opera. Shaw's. That looks fun. It's... It's the goofiest fucking opera. Okay, I've seen that as I recognize the poster. Yeah, I've seen that as a kid. I'm gonna revisit that because that looks great. Modern Major General is the main, the big song that everybody likes in that one. Okay, okay, so yeah, I I love this movie, and it's one of those movies I watch every fucking year. I I love Little Shop of Horrors, uh, but let's get into how this how this movie came to be off of all that success. <laughs> Here we go. Don't get on the set, get ready to shoot, and then ask for rewrites. Studios do this crap all the time, and they wonder why they end up with a shit movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Movie? You know, I hate the word movie. I don't make movies, I make films. David Geffen was one of the original producers of the off-Broadway show, and he began planning to produce a feature film adaptation. Originally, Steven Spielberg was attached to serve as an executive producer, with Martin Scorsese attached to direct the film, which he wanted to shoot in 3D. That's right. Scorsese, Mr. Anti-MCU, wanted to do a fucking 3D movie. Go eat a dick, Scorsese. But production was stalled when a lawsuit was filed by the original film screenwriter and actor Charles B. Griffith. John Landis was also a chance to project the film at a time. The horse before the carriage on that one, bud. <laughs> but carry on. I will. But think about that. Spielberg, Scorsese, and Landis. Fucking A. Like, this just fell through fingers. <laughs> Get yeah, to Frank Oz. <laughs> Good Lord. Geffen then offered the film to Frank Oz, who was finishing work on The Muppets Take Manhattan around the same time. <laughs> Oz initially rejected it, but later had an idea that interested him in the cinematic aspect of the project. Oz spent a month and a half restructuring the script, which he felt was stage-bound. Geffen and Ashman liked what he had written and decided to run with it. Oz was also studying the off-Broadway show and how it was thematically constructed in order to reconstruct it for a feature film. So it was a play, and it was a musical off-Broadway. 
a took, lot going on. He there. took both and jammed them together. <laughs> <laughs> the film differs only slightly from the stage play. The title song is expanded to include an additional verse to allow for the opening credits. The song You Never Know was written into a Calypso-inspired song called Some Fun Now, although some of the lyrics were retained. Four other songs <clears throat> were cut from the original production score, which explains why it's so short. But honestly... Thank you. I appreciate it. Exactly. I'm looking at the names of these I songs. I feel like it doesn't like, even need them. Doesn't need them. Yeah. Uh, let's see. A new song, Mean Green Mother from Outer Space, was written by Ashman and Menken just for the film. Needed that one. It, and that's the one that gets the Academy Award nom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Casting-wise, Green was not the first choice for the role of Audrey. The studio wanted Cindy Lauper. <laughs> Who turned it down? Thank God. Barbara Streisand was also rumored to have been offered the part. Queen. Yeah. Since Green was the original off-Broadway Audrey, the uh, the role was given to her. Oz says, she's amazing. I couldn't imagine any other Audrey, really, except for the other two that I tried to get. She nailed that part <laughs> for years <laughs> Except for the other two that I offered the job. <laughs> <made> the, <laughs> the character of the masochistic dental patient, who in Roger Corman's original film was named Wilberforce and played by Jack Nicholson, was cut from the stage version, but added back to the new film, renamed Arthur Denton and played by Bill Murray, who improvised all of his dialogue. <laughs> I really wish, like, I know Steve Martin crushed this role. Yeah. But I really wish that I had seen Jack Nicholson's crazy. Like, it, do you want to scream? You can watch it. Do you want to feel pain? I'm pretty sure you can watch it free on YouTube. Get your fucking ass in there. No, Nicholson isn't that guy. Nicholson is the guy, in the, the patient that Bill Murray plays. Oh. Yes. What? Right. That's whack. He should be the dentist. <laughs> Yeah, he's Bill Murray's character. You got a root canal. <laughs> you want to get deep in there? Candy bar, candy bar. Do you want some nitrous oxide? <laughs> get your ass in there. He contributed ideas. Okay, it supposedly took Steve Martin six weeks to film all of his scenes as Orin. He contributed ideas such as socking the nurse in the face. Originally, he was to knock her out using his motorbike helmet. Jesus. <laughs> and ripping off the doll head. <clears throat> you know, we'll, we'll get to this again. I'm yeah. very surprised. Like, I can't tell if this is a kid's movie or an mm -mm. adult movie. Not a kid's movie. It looks like a kid's movie, though. Well, yeah. And a lot of the parts are very much a kid's movie. I mean, there's some very juvenile aspects of this, yes. <laughs> I was like, because I was so shocked. like, she's apparently got a broken arm and... Oh, she's getting the shit beat out she's of her. She's getting the shit beat out of her. I mean, they don't show it. No, so they, that's like... They joke about it. Yeah, well, they joke about it, but they also, like, they don't show it. Like, she has her arm in a cast, but it's just, like, a sling. It, it's fine. It's like a velvet one. Yeah, it's a velvet. It's like a lace <laughs> sling. Where'd you get that china? <laughs> All the scenes were filmed at Pinewood Studios in England, making use of every soundstage there, including the 007 stage. Oz and his crew did not want to shoot on location, as it would tamper with the fantastical mood of the film. Part of the giant size double, uh, giant 007 stage was used to film the Suddenly Seymour number, but because of its size, the stage was impractical to heat properly and thus caused breath condensation to appear from the actor's lips. This was countered by having Ellen Green and Rick Moranis put ice cubes in their mouth. <laughs> hey, that's, so when you, that's engineering. And it's when fine. you watch those scenes, just think to yourself, there's an ice cube in their <laughs> fucking mouth and they have to ADR that. <laughs> They, they, this would be the first time Moranis and Steve Martin starred in a film together. Oh, shit. Yeah. They ended up doing three more films, Parenthood, My Blue Heaven, and L.A. Story after this. Wow. But this is a movie where I'm sitting there going, what was on the cutting room floor with these, with these comedians? Because I think of when we did uh, This is Spinal Tap, 
And we found it. It was a four hour cut. Yeah. Give me, give me that Snyder cut. Dave. I want that so bad. <laughs> give me that Snyder cut. Um, <clears throat> the film's version of Audrey 2 was an elaborate creation using puppets designed by Lyle Conway, who had pre- previously worked with Oz in The Muppet Show, The Dark Crystal, and The Great Muppet Caper. Oh, yeah. The animatronic and fabrication team consisted of many of the same people who had worked on the creatures in Labyrinth. They brought, like, the best of the best. Oh, yeah, no, it, and it shows. While developing the mouth of the plant for the dialogue scenes and musical numbers, Oz, Conway, and his crew struggled to figure out how to make the plant move convincingly. Quote, we kept trying and trying, and it didn't work. End quote. The solution presented itself while reviewing test footage of the puppet. When the film ran backwards or forward at a faster-than-normal speed, the footage looked more convincing and lifelike. They realized they could film the puppet at a slower speed, making it appear to move faster when played at back at normal speed. Quote, by slowing it down, it looked like it was talking real fast. We then went, holy cow, look at that. We can do it. The frame rate rate for filming the plant was slowed to 12 to 16 frames per second, depending on the scene, and the frequent screen cuts were used to minimize the amount of screen time the puppets spent with human actors. When interaction was necessary, the actors, usually Moranis, would pantomime and lip sync in slow motion, the film was then sped up to the normal 24 frames per second and voices were reinserted in post-prod. Levi Stubbs' recordings were pitch shifted through a harmonizer when slowed down so that they were coherent for Moranis and Ellen Green. All, most of those scenes, he's acting in slow motion and they sped it up. Bravo, sir. Bravo. That's I wild. I could not believe that when I saw that. That's that was wild. Like, Holy hell. That look, it looks seamless. It does. It's the, I mean, the, the animatronics on that model are astounding and it's just like, Oh, that makes sense because it moves like an actual mouth and it's a giant fucking thing. The jiggle of the lips at the end sells it. Yeah. And this is why I'm so against them remaking this because if they do it, they're going to pick a fucking CGI and it takes the art out of it. Nothing will look more real than this was. No. Even with a CGI, it wouldn't look as good as... No. It, it, wouldn't, like, it wouldn't be the same thing. There are no blue screens or opticals involved in any of Audrey 2 scenes, with the exception of the reshot ending where the plant is electrocuted, designed by the visual effects spect- uh, supervisor Brian Farron, and in some shots during the rampage in the original ending. But since they took it out, there really isn't any blue screen. How much? How much work did they have to do just on that giant original ending and then go, yeah, we're going to go to something different. I'm glad you asked. Here we go. Oh, great. Here we go. Uh, Oh, by the way, uh, let's see. Performing the plant in its largest form required around 60 puppeteers. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Oz and Ashman wanted to retain the ending of the musical where Seymour and Audrey die and the plant succeeds and takes over the city of New York. But Geffen was against it. Quote, he said, you can't do that, Oz recounts. But again, he knew what Howard and I wanted to do, so he supported us. A special effects team skilled in working with miniatures and special visual effects team went to great lengths to create the finale. The model department was supervised by Richard Conway, known for his model work on Flash Gordon in Brazil. Flash Gordon! <laughs> Master of the Universe! Reportedly, the entire planned climax cost about $5 million to produce. Now, remember, it cost how much to make overall? What was the budget overall? 24. Yeah. You're looking at 20% of your budget for an ending you cut. (laughs) (laughs) I said in an interview, quote, this was, I think, the most expensive film Warner Brothers had done at the time. (sighs) 
Which is crazy. I feel like Top Gun was way more expensive. It wasn't a Warner Brothers film. That was Paramount. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. As the film was nearing completion, the excited studio set up a test screening in San Jose. Oz said, quote, for every musical number, there was applause. They loved it. It was just fantastic. Until Rick and Ellen died. And then the theater became a refrigerator, an icebox. It was awful. And the cards were just awful. You have to have a 55% recommend to really be released. And we got a 13. It was a complete disaster. End quote. It didn't test well. Jesus. Yeah. Oz insisted on setting another test screening in LA to see if they would get a different reaction. Geffen agreed to this, but they received the same reaction as before. Oz recounted, I learned a lesson. In a stage play, you kill the leads and they come out for a bow. In a movie, they don't come out for a bow. They're dead. (laughs) (laughs) They're gone. And so the audience lost the two people that they loved as opposed to the theater audience where they knew the two people who played Audrey and Seymour were still alive. They loved those people and they hated us for it. Bunch of weak <laughs> audience members. Okay. Before we get into this for the show today, did you watch it on your iPhone or TV? Uh, laptop. Ah, I was TV, baby. Uh, and laptop. A- and phone. The voodoo has been really weird. Voodoo has been? Yeah. It's been like kicking me out. Like it'll, I'll go to like my voodoo. Yeah. I have to be really quick to get to the movie or else it takes me right back to the beginning homepage. Weird. So I don't know. Could be an update. I'm just missing. Okay. Yeah. And, and I think for me, we both did the same thing when we were writing our notes and you wait till the song's over. Yeah. I feel like in musicals, the, the songs are the quintessential moments. Yeah. That, that's what well, ideally forwards the plot along. Yes. Yeah. And uh, for me, I watched it. Well, I watched it over two days because I've had a weird week. You watched it. No, I watched it in two days. You I, watched it in two days. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying same with you. Just. Just on weird, that grind, but it's a weird fucking week. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to try to bring some energy to this. Here we go. Here's a clip from the movie. Oh boy. Here we go again. Come on. I haven't got much left. Just give me a few days to heal. Okay. Then we'll start again on the left Feed hand and me. I beg your pardon. Feed me. Tui, you talked. You, you open your trap, you, you sing, and you sing. Feed me, Carbon, feed me now! Uh, I can't. I'm starving! Look, maybe I can squeeze a little more out of this one. More, 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 more! There isn't any more. What do you want me to do, slip my wrists? <sighs> oh boy, look, I got an idea. I'm gonna go down to Schvendrick's and pick you up some nice chopped sirloin. Must be blood. Tui, that's disgusting. Must be British. I don't wanna hear this. Does it have to be human? Feed me. Does it have to be mine? Feed me. Where am I supposed to get it? Feed me, Seymour. Feed me all night long. The narrator tells of an event that once threatened the existence of the entire human race in a fantastic <laughs> voiceover. It occurred in the most seemingly innocent and unlikely of places. <laughs> Skid Row in New York. The least innocent place on the planet three teenage girls appear through the f- throughout the film as a motown singing greek chorus they set the scene as the unassuming mushnik's flower shop i'm sorry those ladies yeah are not teenagers no those were not those teenagers. are full grown women yes crystal ronette and chiffon and i love the fact that they're named after the doo-wop groups themselves 
Yes. Uh, and that's Gina from Martin. Huh? You ever see the show Martin with Martin Lawrence? No, it was a fan. It was a sitcom in the nineties. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but Gina was his girlfriend and Tisha Campbell, who's one of them plays Gina. So oh, it was Martin Lawrence's show. Yeah. He only had one sitcom, right? It yeah. Was Martin. Okay. Yes. Heard of it. Never watched it. Okay. I do love it. It's, it's, they say it's a decade into the future, but it's president Kennedy. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of things about this movie that are just like that. It's clearly a period piece. Yes. Uh, and you know what? I do like the cool camera trick of going from space to the puddle. Yeah. I thought that was pretty neat. It's an interesting opening. I always think like when I have three women singing, I always think of the muses from Hercules. Yes. Yeah. I, I did, and I just wish it was Hercules. I we'll get to Hercules at some point. <laughs> From zero to hero. <laughs> Seymour Krellborn, the meek, clumsy employee of Mister Mushnick, lives in a dreary, lives a dreary life among the other unfortunate residents of Skid Row, uh, and we get the Skid Row song. Taken in by Mushnick as a young orphan, Seymour lives in a tiny room below the flower shop and is treated fairly poorly by his employer. The light of his life is his co-worker, Audrey, a fat, battered woman, stuck in an, I won't do it, stuck in an abusive relationship. She's not stuck in one, well, she's choosing it. No, she's choosing it, but also, like, can you blame the dentist? I, <laughs> can you blame him? And now our PSA on abuse. <laughs> Just like my today's sponsor, Domestic Beer. <laughs> the light of it. Okay. The flower shop is making virtually no money. And Mr. Mushnick is on the verge of closing it for good. When Audrey mentions the strange and interesting new plant Seymour has been developing and suggests that if it is properly advertised, it might attract more business. Seymour presents the plant, a large bud surrounded by layers of leaves. I already want to leave this place. Why? Oh, Skid Row is disgusting. It's, it's just gross. Like, it's gross. <laughs> the people there. It's just like the, the the butt of New York. You know what's funny is after you mentioned to me is it for kids or adults? My when I watch this scene, every hobo that's in this song, I feel like could have been played by a Muppet. On Broadway. Yes. <laughs> like, absolutely. Like all of them could have been. Like they stick around. <laughs> I mean, really, they should be making little shop of horror like little shop of Muppets. I mean, it would make a great Muppet movie. I would watch it. I would watch it again and again. Okay, here we go. Now we have our caveat. If the remake is a Muppet movie. <laughs> I'm on board. I will be on board. Yes, I am on board. Yes. Uh, so long as you bring back the original Muppet in Audrey 2. Okay. That's also why Muppet Treasure Island was so damn good. It was good. It was good. Uh, I've got cabin fever. <laughs> the intro to each of these three characters I think is really solid. Mushnick. Uh, Seymour and Audrey because they're all two-dimensional yeah. characters they're not three-dimensional at all yeah this 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 was an observation I made when watching the movie was this doesn't feel like a musical made into a movie this feels like a musical that was filmed for cinema yeah so the sets are there the introductions are all there. I can and the see sets where look this, as cheap as w this would probably look. Yes. The <laughs> sets look like fucking Broadway, <laughs> like a low budget Broadway show. So it's cool because it gives me that feeling of like, Oh, I'm kind of watching a Broadway show right now, but it's a movie. Yeah. Which doesn't all for me always hit. Right. But it's okay. Like, cool. This is a weird take. Yeah. All it, right. It's off and on the way it works. Uh, the skid row song, it starts off with this beautiful, 
a voice singing from the alleyway about her hard times, and then it just kicks right into just, okay, everybody's poor, we're going to laugh at it. <laughs> I, I, here's the thing. I love the tempo shifts in the song. At the very end where Moranis is all by himself, and he sees the people climbing the fence, and he starts to pick up the pace, and as he's picking up the pace, the song is picking up tempo also. Yeah, the tempo rides like a crack high. You just it, go up, and it, then you go down, and then you go right back up, right baby. Right back up. <laughs> When Seymour says, I've named it Audrey 2. This is the only moment of Audrey that I like. She has this squeak that comes up. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just like, how did you hit that note? (laughs) Yeah, I think I'm with you on that one. I think that is probably the best moment of her. And no offense to the actress. She just does does a thing. She does it. I couldn't. Here's the thing. I couldn't imagine Barbara Streisand playing that. No. I mean, she's got she pipes on her. She steal the show. She's got pipes on her, but she couldn't. Pl- I don't think Streisand can pull off Ditsy. No, she's more of a, Father, can you hear me? Do you want to build a snowman? <laughs> oh, it's a stir- No, I, I am, I am too, on the front. No, I'm on the front that's always, said, it's always sounded like that. You're unoriginal. You don't deserve that fucking Oscar. Deadpool called it out. <laughs> Okay, we get our first guest cameo, Christopher Guest. Now, he's just the guy that no one really knows who he is until you've seen his movies and you go, fuck, I love this guy. And he comes in with the most stale (laughs) and like purposely poorly delivered line to show you how campy this is going to be. Okay. Here it is. Excuse me, I couldn't help noticing that strange and interesting plant. What is it? <laughs> I love that delivery. <laughs> and, uh, I'm I'm coming to your side with this as you're, as you're deve- because to me it's like, God damn, you're wasting all this talent. But it, if it's the goal, then this changes things. It it well here's the thing. It's what you take from it. I've always taken it as a campy movie, but if you took something different from it, much like when you saw Mother, you took something completely different from that movie that I did. Oh, God, yeah, that was yeah. really dark. <laughs> uh, you have any questions about this plant, Sam? Um, yeah, when they put it in the window and everybody's like, oh, gee, Willikers, that giant plant, it's beautiful. I want to buy a dozen roses. What is it? What is it? <laughs> Uh, you're buying. You're buying everything but the plant. Yeah. Like I need. Okay. Do you have a change for a fifty? <laughs> no, I don't. Oh well, then I guess I'll have to get double. I guess I'll have to get twice the flowers. Twice. <laughs> Is uh, Dom DeLuise the guy now? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. Everybody's so excited about this plant, and they're not buying the plant. Well, I mean, Mushnik can't sell it because if he sells it, then all of a sudden no one's going to come to the store. But nobody's even offering to buy it yet. Everybody's like, oh, I need God, what an existence I got. Misfit employees, bombs on the sidewalk, business is lousy. My life is a living hell. Oh, this was a, this was a musical that I really, when I was in high school, if they had ever done this any year, I would have immediately been like, I'll try out. Yeah. I could have been a Seymour. I could have Absolutely. pulled that off. Absolutely. Um, wait, what are you saying? <laughs> I'm saying you could do it. <laughs> okay. Seymour has no idea what kind of plant it is, but explains how he got it <laughs> with the song that do. 
While he was shopping for odd new plants, his hobby, a solar eclipse, occurred. After daylight returned, the strange plant seemingly appeared out of nowhere. So Seymour bought it for cheap and brought it home to examine. He shyly admits that he named it Audrey 2. <laughs> uh, I do like the song to do because it literally pairs the narration and the lyrics perfectly together. It's one story. There's not a chorus. It's just... I was walking to the store the other day, and that's it. Uh, but there's a scene in it that I giggle at every time, and that is just before the solar eclipse occurs, Seymour crosses the street, and he sees a doo-wop group around a garbage can, and they're all snapping, and doo-doo-doo, and Seymour walks up, and he's going to join the group. <laughs> it's like, I can be one of you guys. Rick Moranis plays Meek so well. He's like, I think I can do this. Total eclipse of the... And he goes, oh, okay. Loses it all. <laughs> oh. Unfortunately for me, this go is the song it. where I go, okay, I've had enough of the music. It's just not my style. I understand. Wholesale flower district that day. Yeah, it just doesn't do it for me. Yeah, and I'm a doo-wop guy. I love doo-wop, so go. that's like my jam right there. There you go. Okay, Mushnick is pleasantly surprised when customers begin flocking in after seeing the little plant in the window. The shop is doing record business until the plant begins to wither. And I just wrote in here, the amount of camp in this is purposefully brilliant. I mean, it's so Roger Corman B-movie. This is like toxic Avenger shit. Seymour <laughs> <laughs> frantically tries to nurse it back to health through water, sunlight, fertilizer, and minerals have done no good. And he sings the song, Grow For Me. Uh, when he pricks his finger, damn roses, damn thorns, uh, he draws blood. And Audrey, too, responds vigorously. <laughs> it's the word vigorously, isn't it? Seymour realizes what it lives on and reluctantly gives it a few drops. <laughs> Suckling away. It just, okay. After watching this scene, this is where I realized the special effects are on a different level. I mean, yeah. They almost don't belong in this movie. <laughs> I, I, I am such a fan of animatronics and specifically stop motion. Yeah. So anytime it is in a movie, I appreciate the hell out of it. Mm -hmm. And the, the, I, I, just the, the lips and the motion, it's so smooth. Everything works so naturally. And it keeps upping the impress value because after that scene, after you're sitting there going, wow, that was a really cool looking pod that they did there. Rick Moranis goes upstairs and they find a way to take it and grow it on the screen a little bit larger. Yeah. And I noticed there was a little bit of stop motion click in there, but I wanna know how they got the rest of that going. Because was they must have used a balloon to make it larger, but everything else kind of grew also. Yeah, because there were dents in the cans. Like, it didn't just break. It, like, busted. Right. And it's like, after seeing the little pod, it does that, and you're just like, what the f*** am I watching? Yeah. The, the, the line, I've given you sunlight, I've given you rain. Looks like you're not happy lest I open a vein. <laughs> It's dark humor. It's dark humor. It's beautiful. Rick Moranis is a Canadian national treasure. I wish he was American. <laughs> we deserve all, We deserve All it. I can think of is him just getting fucking rocked in New York a couple years ago. But <laughs> <laughs> he got taken out on the street. Yeah, he just got, yeah. he just got cold cocked mm -hmm. on the middle of the road and billboards goes, New York's back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> fucking nerd. Well, I mean... 
It reminds me of the scene in Coming to America when they were talking in the barbershop. Oh, and he goes, yeah. Martin Luther King came up to me, hit me in the face, knocked me out. He goes, oh, sorry, I thought you were somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine somebody hitting Rick Moranis going, yeah, oh, oh shit, shit, your dark helmet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Seymour brings his plant onto a local radio show to promote Mushnick's flowers. After the show, Audrey and Mr. Mushnick listen to the show. As Audrey walks home, she secretly dreams of an idyllic suburban life with Seymour in the song Somewhere That's Green, where if you hate her voice, you'll hate the song. <laughs> but it's dep- she's too frightened to leave Orin because that's what happens. Yeah. That plant trying to eat that butt. <laughs> as soon as you wrote that, I was like, I remember this scene. <laughs> I, what's He's trying is, to get it. What's funny is it looks up at Seymour before it does it. It's like, <laughs> He's like, is he looking? Is he looking? <laughs> no? Okay. And this reminds me of Jar Jar Binks and Phantom Menace, because George Lucas says that. He goes, if Jar Jar doesn't work, this movie doesn't work. If this plan doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> you can, sorry. Jar Jar Binks can be himself and it still fucking works if this movie if two he didn't work yeah you had no fucking movie no you did not uh, i don't care how star-studded this fucking cast is the john candy part every time i see him yeah, now i just john miss him. candy oh uh, yeah no he's he's a yeah uh it's a special place in my heart every like every thanksgiving it's planes trains and automobiles uncle buck baby uncle buck there then you get jamaica bobsled uh, team god damn it everything and what's funny is that he's known as this comedic genius, but people forget how clean he was as a comedic genius. Extremely clean. Yeah. Uh, and I've just gone way too soon. We could have used a lot more John Candy. Okay. Audrey. Ellen Green, if you've ever seen an interview with her, she does not talk like that. She has a normal voice. I can't imagine how hard it is to sing with that fucking ridiculous accent. <laughs> I mean, I have to give her some I props mean, for that. Yeah. I mean, I really didn't know her yeah. much of her. But you said that she had Broadway chops, so like, yeah, she's got the, she's got it. Uh, I do like how cheap the song looks. It's something out of Better Homes and Gardens in the fifties. There's cartoon birds. There's mo- she's modeling with the toaster. <laughs> the flowers are all plastic. And my best part, which she goes, and we st- we watch Howdy Doody on our big enormous twelve inch screen. screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, girl. This is a song that. As time goes by, it almost becomes legendary what the 50s were like. Yeah. This, that was the American dream, right? Her song was the American dream. It was. And now it's like, how could people think that way? It was a different time completely. Well, it was a different time, but that sounds fucking nice to me. It sounds wonderful. It sounds great. Yes. The kids play howdy doody. <laughs> You're up there, man. I can't do it. I know. Uh, the fact that I can do it is pretty fucking amazing right now. Audrey, too, has a dramatic growth spurt and business picks up with Seymour becoming a local celebrity in the song Some Fun Now. He does not reveal the secret between the behind the plant's health. And I wrote in there, I put it in your color for some reason. Yeah, I was like, that's yeah. not my note. When the girls are singing Some Fun Now, he's feeding the thing and they made sure that the dresses were blood fucking red. <laughs> Hey, it's the little touches. It's the little touches, yes. The next day, Mushnick's flowers is packed. However, after missing a delivery, Seymour confides to Audrey he feels like he's letting Mr. Mushnick down after all he did for him. Audrey offers to help him out by offering to go shopping with him. Now, uh, this is another moment of Frank. I think there's a Frank Oz touch. Having Audrey arrange the flowers. Mm. Because <laughs> the line delivery is great. You know, is it birthday, whatever? Funeral. Funeral. 
give me the lilies. (laughs) But then what's brilliant is she takes four lilies. Puts them in the corners. Puts them in the corners. Glue. Sprays it with glue. And then glitter. And she just tosses the glitter at it. Yeah. (laughs) But the look she makes, which is like this dumbfounded look like, yes, that's art. (laughs) It's the most pathetic arrangement for a funeral home ever put to celluloid. (laughs) Four flowers in a vase. She tried her best. She did her best on a short amount of time. Uh, but this is their first little bonding moment. Rick kind of, or Rick Seymour sees kind of like, oh, she, we have kind of a thing going on. It's kind of nice. Maybe someday. Maybe. Maybe. If which, she survives. Which brings us to her saying, I can't tonight because I have a date. I have a date. And we meet the other star of the show. Oren Scrivello, Audrey's boyfriend, is a sadistic dentist with a leather jacket, motorcycle, and ducktail haircut. He adores his profession because of the constant opportunities to inflict pain on others because that's what people think of with a dentist. He enhances his pleasure through his habit of huffing NOS of giggle gas for a euphoric high. <laughs> his, his song is so hard to watch. Because Relax. of the my teeth. Well, tonight for slack time. Shit. <laughs> excuse you. Sorry. No, it's excuse me. Excuse me. It's sorry, doctor. Doctor, doctor. Sorry, doctor. That's right. <laughs> you gotta train him right. <laughs> um. No, my fucking teeth were just hurting. Oh. Oh my god, it's brutal. It- but the thing is, is every time you walk into a dentist's office after seeing this, the song will start playing in your head. <laughs> I hope not. I hate the dentist. Uh, but there are a lot of things. It, this is arguably my favorite song in the movie. Uh, Steve Martin owns this role, and the shot inside the mouth as he is drilling is so good <laughs> because we've all been in the chair when the doctor's t- dentist is talking to us and they've got shit in her mouth. And all I can say is, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so this is it right here. This is the little clip of it. Open wide. Here I come. <laughs> I'm your dentist. And I get off on the pain. I <laughs> He loves it. <laughs> Um, and what a twist on the say ah of those oldie songs it is nice like i never thought of it that way because you know even like stuff like uh, uh, twist and shout or you you Mm -hmm. have a say ah moment yeah and this is like no we're doing a dentist chair say ah (laughs) (laughs) now spit (laughs) uh it's just it's a fun song and I think that's this is where I start to realize that these songs are so the opposite in tone as to what they're describing. Yeah. I like, mean, this one specifically. Specifically this one, yeah. But J- Steve Martin must have had a ball walking through the halls just knocking shit off and beating oh, people up. Yeah. And, uh, Getting to live out all his fantasies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Saturn Award should have given an award. <laughs> he... Uh, See, this is this is where I haven't seen the the show. Yeah. I haven't seen the old movie. Mm. But if uh, he was given free range over this, yeah, it's not the way I would have gone. You, you would have gone what? In a different direction. Like his his personality. His uh, like his accent. Oh, his okay. Personality is cool, but it's like his accent, his his mannerisms. He's almost a meathead. 
Huh? He's almost a meathead. Yeah, kind of like super jockey. Yeah. But I just, you got just, the handcuffs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the courts. <laughs> but I have I have this problem with the entire cast, like except for Bill Murray. Yeah. Bill Murray. You're able. You're, he's just a he's just a pain whore. I'm glad you 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 saw us because I this is so ingrained in my DNA that I've got a lot of blind spots with it. But you're seeing a lot of things where you would have cast it differently. Not that I would have cast it differently. It's just the I feel like, and this is a, a comment down uh down the way. Mm. Is it a wasted direction with the cast? Yeah, yeah. Because I would have gone a different direction with most of these characters. A different approach. It's one of those things where I wish we would have gotten more guests. I wish we would have gotten more uh, Steve Martin. I wish we would have gotten more Bill Murray. But then I go, did we need a Boba Fett series? Well, maybe not. I like think the overstaying of the welcome it, it was what would worry me. No, and it's not so much that we needed more of them. I think Bill Murray was perfectly timed yeah. in the perfect amount of time in this movie and played it perfectly. I think with Rick Moranis... And Steve Martin, just for example here, is I don't know if they let them, I feel like they're playing a character. They're not bringing themselves into it. Okay. I see what you're saying. You see the character, but you also see the actor playing the character. You don't see the actor becoming the character. Well, it feels like it's also overdone. Yeah. Well, but it's an over the top. It's an over the top. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Seymour and Mushnick are concerned, as Audrey often comes to work with injuries or a black eye. Orin thr- arrives at the shop one night. How to do pick you up- know? What? She doesn't have black eye. Yeah, she, she does. She, when I she, didn't see one black eye. When she walked, no, when she first walks in, she's got the shiner. Oh, I didn't even know. Yeah, notice. and Mushnick goes, is that, a, is that a new shiner? It's that no good boyfriend of yours. And then Rick Morant, Seymour sees it and he goes, new makeup? <laughs> <laughs> Like they play off everything that's dark in this as a joke. Bill oh, Burr would have loved this. <laughs> Bill Burr would have been the sadistic dentist. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, okay. So yeah, Oren arrives at the shop one night to pick up Audrey and Seymour sees firsthand how roughly he treats her. He gets where he offers him nitrous oxide. Uh, Steve Martin knows how to turn on a dime. His parts of the character too, because he starts off kind of goofy. Then he's like, did somebody say something to you? Shit. What movie are you in? <laughs> yes, doctor. Uh, Plant got big. <laughs> yeah, big boy grew. Man, yeah. she sits on the motorcycle, and I'm like, she's going to fall off that motorcycle. And you find out later on she did fall off the motorcycle. She did. <laughs> <laughs> Seymour angrily paces around the empty shop at night, venting his frustrations to Audrey 2, who is now roughly the size of an armchair. To Seymour's great surprise, Audrey 2 responds with a human voice and demands more food, knowing that the plant can no longer live on mere droplets of blood, partially because it is too big and partially because Seymour is now weak and anemic from feeding the plant from his <laughs> bleeding fingers. Seymour is reluctant to provide it with bigger portions. The smooth talking Audrey 2 promises Seymour money, fame, and the girl of his dreams, one particular girl. How about that, Audrey? <laughs> Seymour, okay, so Seymour initially refuses to murder for the benefit of Audrey 2, reasoning that he doesn't know anyone, quote, who deserves to get chopped up and fed to a hungry plant. Audrey 2 directs him to the window where he sees Orin assaulting Audrey across the street. Filled with rage, Seymour agrees to bring back a specific meal for that plant. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have the star of our show. Yes, we do. Finally. <laughs> and it's so good. He's perfect. Like, this song comes out of fucking... We, we've been hearing doo-wop the entire time. Now, here's Levi Stubbs, a little 60s R&B. Yes. Oh. 
And the song is so seductive. Like there's almost a sexualness to it. Like oh, feed yeah. me all night long. <laughs> the puppetry is fucking brilliant. Audrey too is a suave motherfucker. Yes, he He's is. Dripping in sauce. And there, the, there's a break in the song where he, he starts arguing with Seymour and he grabs a chair and goes, does this look inanimate to you, punk? <laughs> <laughs> it's a Faustian deal. It's it, it, in that, that was the idea behind this was you have this meek person who makes a deal with the devil. And uh, what's weird is that he never actually kills anyone. No, it's all accidental. <laughs> yeah, well, he cre- he he holds on to his own innocence. Yes, and that's I think that's the brilliant part of his character is that if he had, you lose any moral compass that this movie possibly could have had. Yeah. Um, the next day, Seymour goes to Oren's office with a gun in his pocket. Uh, the patient before him, Arthur Denton, Bill Murray, is a gleeful masochist who frustrates Orin by actually enjoying the oral torture he receives. Go ahead. Wax poetic. This is, this is like the perfect Bill Murray role. It really This is, is every, every movie should have this little <laughs> kind of just, just a little, just a tea bag into the water. You just get enough... And then he's gone, and you wish you had a little more. Yeah. Uh, my understanding of the scene growing up was he just liked going to the dentist because I didn't know what sadism was and masochism was. And as I got older, or I realized. coming was. And what, <laughs> and what I realized watching this as a girl, I was like, wow, he's really getting something out of this. <laughs> okay. Everybody has their kink. There's no kink shaming here. But if this whole thing was improvised, that means that he had to basically make up the story about the blind dentist he'd go to yeah. who would kind of work a way around there and eventually she'd find the right spot and it'd get fixed. And it was like, what the shit? And he mentions in the story very briefly the candy bar, that he'd get a candy bar for being a good boy at the dentist. And that's why he keeps enjoying going to the dentist because he thinks he's going to get a chocolate. Oh. Yeah. And so you get... You get that one. Get that candy bar. Get that candy bar. Then you get. We're him. almost there. He stops and he says this. Woo! Yeah. Oh, great. Oh, you are something special. You are something special. Come on. Come on. Come on. Oh. And finally, the shot from the back of him as he's drilling away, and Murray grabs the back of his shoulder blade and is just bringing Pulling him, him into him. him. And you get this. Yeah. Oh! 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 Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Steve Martin without smiling just I know just holding it down get out (laughs) (laughs) oh my god it is a perfect Murray role you're right it's a perfect Murray role and all you needed was the three and a half minutes he was on screen yeah that's it that's it it's hard to believe it was that short Uh, but the 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 honorable mention to that scene is when he sees the little girl come out of the dentist's office first and she's got that big contraption on her face (laughs) Oh, yeah. He's like, tell me what happened. How do you do it? Yeah. They got to remove the mandible to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Consider yourself very lucky. (laughs) 
after Denton's departure, Orrin drags Seymour into his office to get the sadistic fix he had been craving. Though he wants to spare Audrey further pain and has promised Audrey too fresh blood. Seymour is terrified of shooting Orrin. Conveniently, Orrin dons a special gas mask, which provides him with constant nitrous oxide and increases his sadistic pleasure. The mask malfunctions and Seymour watches his nemesis asphyxiate before his eyes. Seymour drags the body across the town back to the flower shop where he reluctantly chops it up with an axe and feeds it piece by piece to Audrey too. Okay, I got a chink in the armor on this one. I hate the gas mask. I do. I, I hate the way it looks and I hate the way Steve Martin acts when he's wearing it. Yeah, you're coming on to the side of like, okay, you don't need to be acting like this. Yeah, this is where I go, this is child funny. Yes, this is where I'm like, there's a lot of motion. There's a lot of times, but this is another time where I go, is this a kid's movie or is this an adult movie? Right, this this scene right here, because I remember laughing hysterically at this when I was a kid, which was, oh, yeah, she got yeah. a gun. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it but as I'm watching it, the only thing I can think of is how many times you've said on the show, Cuban Nos. <laughs> it's Cuban Nos. <laughs> Damn, that's bitching, dude. Uh, the picture he shows Seymour when he goes, your mouth could look like this. <laughs> it's a dog's mouth. And he's yeah. got to hang it in the dentist's office. <laughs> <laughs> you ever see what a neglected mouth looks like, Seymour? <laughs> this could be you. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that it wasn't until I watched it this time when I picked this up. He's dragged that body across the town and no one noticed. Yeah, and he also, one of the shots is him coming down the stairs. So he went up <laughs> a building and then down a building. <laughs> yeah, it's... He went all over town with that thing. And no one noticed. No. It was like, oh, what do you got in there? A bag of rocks. I mean, if you're if you're in Skid Row the entire time... Who gives a shit? Yeah, everybody that sees it is drunk anyway, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Seymour is understandably shaken by the incident and sees the police speaking with Audrey the next morning about Oren's disappearance. He tries to comfort Audrey, telling her that she had deserved a better man all along. While Audrey admits that her low self-esteem kept her tied to Oren, she feels partially responsible for his fate because she had been silently wishing him out of her life. Though he does not reveal the truth about what became of Oren, Seymour promises to stand by Audrey no matter what in the song Suddenly Seymour. Look, it's a sweet song. It's a nice guy anthem. Do you have... Uh, reverb or echo on this? No. Okay. Why? Gay. <laughs> it's not one of my faves. <laughs> It's a necessary song to build the bond between the two. It's a good use yeah. of a song in a musical, even if I'm not a fan of the style. <laughs> it, it, it does what it needs to do. But I, here's my question for you, because I've never known this. How old do you suspect Audrey and Seymour are? Like, are like they 30? Are they 30? Are, are they, they 17? To be? How old are they supposed to be? Yeah. Probably early 20s? Mid 20s? Like, I can't tell. Because sometimes they act like they're 16 and sometimes they act like they're 30. Yeah, it's one of those things where I don't know if this is a kid's movie or an adult movie. <laughs> yeah, it's like Gremlins. What the fuck is it? Yeah. <laughs> it's not a good movie, so don't bring Gremlins. Gremlins is this. great. You shut your no, mouth. No, no, no. I'm saying this oh. isn't a good movie. Don't bring Gremlins into this. You shut your mouth about that, too. Yeah, I'll give you that a B minus two. <laughs> Bitch. This is a <laughs> Oi! Uh, 
this is very much a stage play adaptation. And what separates us from Newsies, yeah, I'm going to do this. Newsies was a movie first and then a stage play. This is faithful to the source material, which is why the sets are simple and probably took a week to create. <laughs> There's no need to make this bigger than it actually was. No. Where'd all the budget go? It was only $24 million. We know where it went in the $5 million ending that was never shown. Oh, okay. Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, and then Rick gets some. Go get some, Get Seymour. some, Rick. Yeah. Pickle Rick. <laughs> Get some of that tenderized ass. I love also his walk of shame home where he walks across the street. The plant opens the door. He walks through the plant, opens the door to his bedroom and closes it and just starts going, hmm, 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 hmm. <laughs> Like, he got some. He got some. <laughs> Attaboy. Uh, invigorated from winning Audrey's love, Seymour returns to the flower shop. He is confronted by Mushnik, who had seen Seymour dismembering Oren's body the night before. Mushnik assumes that Seymour's devotion to Audrey caused him to murder the cruel dentist, but that does, does not suspect that Audrey, too, is involved and knows nothing of its grisly diet. Mushnik leads Seymour upstairs at gunpoint, planning to turn him in to the police. He then offers Seymour a proposition. Seymour leaves town forever for lay low, 30 to 40 years. <laughs> And Mushnik keeps his money-making plant. As Audrey too coaxes Seymour to sacrifice Mushnik to clear his own t name in the song, Supper Time, Seymour nervously backs Mushnik into the gaping maw of the hungry plant, killing two birds with one stone. The way this song starts off is Tubular Bells from The Exorcist. I mean, this is, this is the start off. And I'm like, what a brilliant start off to the song. Got you <laughs> and then it does that. You're like, scary, scary. Oh, now uh, I know what I'm in. Okay. Scary, scary. Oh, there it is. <laughs> uh, it leads right into an R&B 60s instrumental, which I love. The only thing I don't like about the song is that Audrey 2 is singing and Mushnik can't hear him. I'm just going to. Because normally in this, every song. It's an inner song. Has, it's a song of the heart. Every song has been interactive to the world around it, though. Yeah. And this is the one where it's first like, it's blurring the line a little bit. Uh, I do like Mushnik when he confronts him. I think that he acts so over the top scared of this yeah. weak little man. How does he know it's Seymour? He, he, saw just, it. he, he just sees the shadow. Well, we see the shadow. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, okay. And I think right. the reason why we see the shadow is because this goes to Frank Oz saying. Dramatic effect. Well, I think it's Frank Oz saying if we had seen him actually cutting up the body, we lose our time with Seymour. Oh, yeah. You know, it's one of those things, which. That's a directorial choice. It's a smart directorial choice. I don't know how I would have felt about it if I saw him dismembering Oren. <laughs> I th I think I would have enjoyed it. I think it would have been like a like some. Uh, Is there any blood in this movie? Yes. Where finger? Trip, trip, trip. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, but that's really it. That's really it. It's a very bloodless, bloody movie. Yeah, it's no uh, no Evil Dead. It's no uh, Sweeney Todd. No, 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 it's not. Which, oh man, there we go. There's another great musical. And I can't stand that one. F*** out of here, Joe. <laughs> F*** out of here. How do you hate that? I hate Sweeney Todd. I hate it because it's it's music is not melodic. It's just prose. It's I don't like the music. <sighs> How do you not like this movie, Sam? You don't like the music. 
There it is. It's also a dumbass movie. It's a great <laughs> movie, and you know it. Okay. Uh, when, with Audrey 2 grown to enormous proportions, Seymour's celebrity increases. We get the song The Meek Shall Inherit. However, he is miserable and terrified of the plant's eating habits getting out of hand. He begins to fend off the media and turns down large sums of money, feeling guilty for his part in the secret deaths of Audrey 2's meals. He and Audrey plan to run away that night and get married, escaping Skid Row forever. Now, usually... I want a few more deaths before he cracks like this, but being that he's always had strong morals, I can imagine just one or two would do this to him. Very believable. Very yeah. believable. I think he's so. trying to do everything right. Oh God. He's seeing he sold his soul. Yeah. And he feels the guilt already. You know, he's a punk bitch. He's a punk bitch. He's a punk bitch, but you know what? He gets the girl. He and that's really all that matters. That's really all. That's the heart of the story. Sacrifice for the puss. Exactly. The, he finally puts his foot down, denying the plant any further feedings. However, he buckles when Audrey 2 seemingly agrees to accept some meat from the butcher instead of a, a human corpse. Seymour falls for the ruse and leaves the shop. Come on, Seymour. Where's Dark Helmet? <laughs> you fell for the oldest trick in the, the book. book. What's with you, man? <laughs> <laughs> And then we also get him saying, we got, we got the plan. The be Do you have the sound clip of it? Tough titty? Yeah. No. Uh, tough titty. titty. <laughs> he says it twice in this. He says it in Mean Green Mother also. <laughs> um, the plant with its fully mobile tendrils uses the phone to call Audrey's apartment across the street, begging for water. Audrey in her wedding dress comes to oblige and is amazed that the huge plant can talk. As she fetches the watering can, the plant wraps its vines around her legs, evil dead style, and drags her into its mouth. <laughs> I love everything about this bit. Yeah. <laughs> from, from scooching on over to the phone to stealing a quarter Putting it in the machine, dialing, putting it up to its little, like putting the little phone up to its head. It's like, who is a Seymour? No, baby, it's me. <laughs> he's just in the window, like he's wrapping hanging. his tendrils he on the wall. Like, Hello, <laughs> come over here. And even better, when he's done with the phone call, he checks for change. Yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll put this back in the register. I'm not that I'm bad. Not, I'm not that. I'm not that bad of a guy. Yeah, and when when the vines start creeping up, Audrey, I got an Evil Dead vibe. I was like, I've seen this movie. <laughs> Someone's gonna be pained. She don't get it. Seymour returns just in time to save Audrey from being devoured. Outside the shop, he explains how dangerous the plant is and how he only kept it because he thought Audrey would cease to like him if if he were no longer rich and famous. Audrey assures Seymour that she loved him from the moment she met him and still does. They are interrupted by a salesman who shares with Seymour his idea of collecting trimmings from the plant in marketing miniature Audrey 2s all over the country. Okay. Rick Moranis, John Candy, Steve Martin, Chris Guest, Bill Murray, Jim Belushi? The fuck are you doing here? John, maybe. Jim's fine. Jim's no John. Jim might not be a John. I mean, don't get John's dead. John's busy. He's, he's dead. Yeah, he's being busy being dead. <laughs> but he does have a great line. He does. Because he says something that we've been all wanting to say for a long time. If you two kids could just stop singing for a second. <laughs> I, it makes me laugh every time. His delivery of the line is brilliant. And people yeah. make fun of Jim Belushi all the time, but I'm like, he's got a line here that's yeah. amazing. Yes. And he plays a great salesman. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I love what you wrote there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you just named off a bunch of names. Yeah. This cast, this movie... It's too big for its britches. 
It's got so much talent. It's like a cannonball run movie. It's just <laughs> like a fucking fire hose of talent of comedic genius. And you waste it on this. Well, that's the thing is I look at it all and I'm like, they all played a significant comedic part. Yeah. Well, there's not, I don't think there's many roles in this movie. There isn't the percentage of brilliance in this to the full cast. We'll never see again. No, ever won't happen. Um, except lay miss. I'm a comedic genius. That being said, Russell Crowe okay. is funny as Javert. Okay. Seymour deducts. <laughs> Dude can't sing. No, he can't. It's bless his, <laughs> bless his heart. He tried. Bless his heart. Yeah. Seymour deducts that this was the plant's plan all along. It was an alien that came back to Earth during the solar eclipse and was bent on world domination. He rushes back into the shop for a final showdown with Audrey too. <sighs> I just thought of a great movie. What? Audrey versus Predator. Killer clowns from outer space. Uh, <laughs> Plants versus clowns. We can do this. We can do this. It can be done. We have the technology. We, we can make you stronger, faster. <laughs> Audrey, a bunch of Audrey's versus killer clowns from outer space. Sell me on this. Have you seen killer clowns? From I outer have space? seen killer clowns. Yes. What selling do you need? You just, that, that, it is alien versus predator. We have the pyramid, except it's Audrey. And the clowns. I feel like I'm watching a satire of pitch meeting, <laughs> which is already a satire. <laughs> oh, don't worry. It'll don't be get fine. me wrong. Barely an inconvenience. Don't, don't get me wrong. If that movie ever happened, I would watch it. <laughs> oh my God. Could you imagine? No. I mean, I could. But think about this. Every time that they've shown a man-eating plant after this movie, it's been modeled after this. Plants vs. Zombies, the game. They're all Audrey twos. When did Mario come out? Mario was the 1980s. Well, no, it was NES 19, is 80s. 87, 88 was Super Mario. Okay, so yeah, then even the Piranha, Petey Piranha yeah. is this. It's influential. Hey. This, this is the best song in the movie. Yes. Me and Green Mother. Part. Oh, oh, fucking voice. Don't mind your manners. Better change your tone. Don't you threaten me, son. You got a lot of gold. We're gonna do things my way. I mean, it's his his voice is so good. Yeah. Um but yeah, Mean Green Mother from Our Space. It was made just for this movie. Uh, emerging from the rubble. Oh, no, I'm sorry. So the plant thwarts Seymour's efforts at killing it and begins to taunt him as its branches destroy the building with new buds beginning to bloom. And there, of course, is chorus. Seymour <laughs> 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 grabs a live electric wire emerging from the rubble. It touches it to Audrey 2 Vine, electrocuting it and causing it to explode with this final line. Oh, shit! Not as good as Chunk. No. Not as but, good as Chunk. But almost there. It's almost there. Here, everybody, I want you all to listen. This is Chunk's. Oh, shit. And we have. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, Chunk, it's, it's, got, it's got something behind it. Whereas this, oh, shit, is like getting some sweet love and just, oh, shit. Shit. This oh shit sounds like he's been singing for the last four and a half minutes. Chunk sounds like he's got a belly full of coke. 
Cacola. And we're back to that joke. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, my favorite song in this is The Dentist, but this one is right up there. This is my favorite song. Is it? Uh, this is also my favorite set piece. Yes. This is also my favorite part in the entire movie. It's fantastic. Because it ends. That's not where I thought that was going. <laughs> no, no, this is my favorite part. This is my favorite part. Um, oh, here's where the comment is. What is this movie? Adult or for kids? I don't really know. Yeah. I, well, you know what? And I also thought it was a super lame ending to Audrey too. It really was. Uh, it's a, it's a, here's the thing. You have this fantastic song for stage. I work. It works. But the problem is you get to the point in this story where you're like, it's easy to beat a plant. Yeah. It's easy. And they, it's like, they worked themselves to this point. They're like, Oh, f- how's it going to fight? I mean, what? <laughs> In War of the Worlds, we didn't have to do anything. It was just there. Just there. They died. Yeah. But you know what? Maybe this is one of those movies that's for all ages. Definitely not. Well, I mean, think of it this way. It has nearly zero blood in it. You never actually see violence in this movie. It's all insinuated, and the songs are all catchy and easy to remember. Mm. You could, I mean, my parents showed this to me when I was seven, eight years old, and it didn't do anything to yeah. me. Okay, I guess the themes are just way darker. Think about what Muppet. actually happens. It's like Muppet movies. Muppet movies are for all ages. There's jokes in there for adults and for kids. Yeah, there's not domestic violence. Oh, I beg to differ because in Muppets from Space, it, Pepe oh, the Shrimp we go. has one of my favorite lines where uh, they're trying to trick Gonzo into getting a jacuzzi. Yeah. And at one point, Pepe the Shrimp's friend says, oh, we should tell him. And Pepe goes, you say anything, and I will smack you. I will smack you like a bad, bad donkey, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so there is. <laughs> it's one of my favorite lines in that movie. I will smack you like a bad, bad donkey, okay? <laughs> Maybe we're going too far with this, Pepe. <sighs> I miss the Muppets. Seymour and Audrey are married and arrive at their suburban dream home, just as Audrey had imagined. As they enter the front door, a baby Audrey II plant is seen in their garden, a tiny smile on its pod. It's a nice ending. Yes, it's a nice ending for those weak-tested audiences. It's a happy ending. But we all know that original ending is a million, bajillion, quadrillion, fatillion, Gazillion, sedillion <laughs> times better. So when I sent you that, I was expecting a text back that said, thank God we didn't get this. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. That shit was wild, and dude. And when you sent back the one you were like, I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> this is not going to go the way I thought. <laughs> uh, you get you, you do the old chunk. It's oh, definitely shit. It's here's the thing: the, the original ending is much darker. And if this was made today, they would use the original ending. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, people are much more cynical. We they don't some, want the happy ending. They want to see balls in this generation. We got some balls. Got some heavy ones. Got some heavies. Yes. Uh, but that's the whole movie right there. It's in and out like goose, like a turd through a goose. According to the top critics at Rotten Tomatoes, it has a tomato meter rating of 92%. 11 fresh, one rotten. The critics gave it a 7.4 out of 10. The critics consensus says remixing yes, so, rot. Sorry, so did uh, St. Maud. Well, <laughs> it's an A24 movie. What can you say? What does that tell you? 
Shut up. There you go. Remixing Roger Corman's B-movie by way of the off-Broadway musical Little Shop of Horrors offers camp, horror, and catchy tunes in equal measure, plus some inspired cameos by the likes of Steve Martin and Bill Murray. But I wouldn't say Steve Martin was a cameo. Yeah. He, well, he wasn't a main player. He was a side piece. Uh, mm. He's kind of a pivotal role. He's plant fodder. Audrey's tenderizer. Yeah. Uh, let's take a look at the critics from the rotten side. I had to pull these up from the other critics because there was only one. Blake French of Film Critics said, as a whole, the story is uninteresting. Most of the characters contrived and the vast majority of the 94 minutes is almost instantly forgettable, especially the man-eating plant from outer space. Okay, I got some fighting words for you, Blake. You were on board with that all the way to that final part. Yes. Yeah. And then he said that and you're like, and said, well, you no, just- no, sorry. You've discredited your entire <laughs> argument, sir. You can go fist yourself, Frenchie. As I was reading, I could hear you in your head going, yes, yes, yes. No. <laughs> As I was reading, I was like, oh my God. Uh, Frederick and Mary Ann Broussat of spirituality and practice say the offbeat nature of the story, the wayward characters and the forgettable music numbers make the film unappealing in every way. <laughs> Damn. Hippie's got some strong opinions. Brian McKay, made tolerable by Steve Martin and the talking plant. Everyone else in this film is nails on blackboard annoying. What about Bill Murray? What about Chris Gast? What about Jim Belushi? Fantastic. John Candy? Fantastic. Even Mushnick is a great character. He's okay. He's a greedy motherfucker. He's okay. Yeah, he's okay. Okay, the audience score is a 79%. Uh, 3.9 out of 5. Movie's over. Were you entertained? I'm having some fun now. Sam, how about you? <laughs> Look, this just this just isn't for me. It isn't for me. Fair enough. That's am it. I right or am I right or am I right? Right, right, right. Time for the Academy Awards. Let's see if the awards got it right. The Academy Awards it got two nominations in a heavy year. It got nominated for Best Visual Effects and lost to Aliens. Damn. Yeah, you're going to have a tough time beating that. It's hard to beat Aliens, but, I mean, Audrey too. It's not even in the same ballpark, my dude. It, it, it's so good looking. It's so good looking. <laughs> have you seen a... Okay, hold on. One Audrey... Aliens. I'm just saying that there is an argument you could make. I don't want to make it because I Get like aliens. Get away better. from her, you bitch! Right, that's a lie. But this is visual effects. You, uh, oh, and the alien and the fucking mech isn't <laughs> visual effects. I wish you could have all seen the Donkey Kong dance you just did. Just. <laughs> <fucking> <laughs> But it's funny because you have, here's the thing. You got aliens in Pol uh, Little Shop of Horrors there. And then Poltergeist 2, the other side is in there. And you're like, what the fuck are you doing here? Have you seen Poltergeist 2? I don't think so. It is awful. That's why I haven't seen it. Yes. Uh, best music. Original song. Mean Green Mother from Outer Space was nominated, but Take My Breath Away by Berlin won, Steve. <laughs> I call it oh, Steve. We've already, we've already, we've already, <laughs> we've already gone this fucking Take my breath away. Can we agree that the wrong song won this one? Yes, absolutely. It, it should have 100% been Glory of Love. That is a good song, though. I mean, Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, but Mean Green Mother is... Somewhere 
out there. Okay, it's a heavy group. It's a heavy group. Yes. But I Top Gun did not win that. For, yeah, no, it should be a different song. Fun fact, Mean Green Mother was the first Oscar-nominated song to contain profanity in the lyrics. Paving the way. And was the first to be sung by a villain. Oh. Yeah. Uh, not, yeah. I, I never knew that before. Like, makes sense. Holy shit. Yeah. Golden Globes got two nominations, one for Best Motion Picture, Comedy or Musical, and it lost to Hannah and Her Sisters. I've never seen that, and I don't think anybody else has. But Croc Dundee was in there. You know what? <laughs> I just realized, is bigger, better, and uncut, does that yeah. count as a musical? Yes. Oh, that It was nominated for... It, yeah, for, no, it was, yeah. but, you know, sometimes people go, oh, it's a comedy, because of South Park. It's like, no, well, it's a it's, musical. Yeah, that's good. We should definitely nominate that one. Absolutely. I mean, what would Brian Boitano do? <laughs> Brian Boitano? He'd probably kick an ass or two. That's what Brian Boitano <laughs> did. <laughs> Best original score went to uh, for motion picture went to Ennio McCorney's Mission, Marcone's Mission. I understand that's really good. I've never listened to it. But Little Shop's in there. Top Guns. Harold Faltermeyer is in there, not Berlin. Uh, Herbie Hancock, Round Midnight. I mean, shit, one of the fucking... Oh, that song rips. If it came Ow. down, if it came down to Little Shop or Horace or Top Gun when it came to music, the background music, not Berlin. Would you give it to Top Gun? Uh, back then maybe, but here now, yeah, because in now in the present, it's just outdated and real '80s cheese. You still can't get that. <laughs> Okay, now we go to the Saturn Awards for Best Costumes. It was nominated for Best Costumes, and it lost to Star Trek for The Voyage Home. What were the costumes of Little Shop of Horrors? They dressed, they, they dressed in, like, just, yeah, regular just, wear. Yeah. It, that's, it, a, that's a stretch. It is. Uh, it was nominated for Best Horror Labyrinth. Film. I know Labyrinth was in there. Uh, best Horror Film it was nominated for. The Fly won. I think that's fair. <laughs> was this a horror movie? I, well... It's I mean, a, I it's get, a horror I comedy. I get it, but... It's horror comedy. It, it'd be like putting, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, Shaun of the Dead in there. Yeah. You know? Like, eh. But we've talked about The Fly. The Fly justly won that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, best music. So it wins. Three, three, three. It wins over an American Tale, Big Trouble in Little China, Link, and The Fly. And honestly, it wins. Yeah. It's got the best music. I can't remember any of the other ones. I can hear The Fly's... Uh, Beats, if you will, but other than that, I, it it's a musical. It's going to win Best Music. Yeah. Best Special Effects goes to Aliens. But Short Circuit was in that group, too. I'm like, Johnny Five. I haven't thought about that fucking movie. <laughs> I saw a picture the other day that had Johnny Five and the girl who plays her. Yeah. And they're like, someday people will think this is the Terminator and Linda. <laughs> <laughs> uh, best Writing went to Aliens for James Cameron. Uh, I'd Game so. over, man. I, it, it, I agree. It's better writing. Listen, the dialogue sucks, but it wasn't like Little Shop of Horrors I mean, reinvented the words. I they just took all the words from everything else. Have you seen the drama? Crocodile Dundee? You think that's a knife? This is a knife. <laughs> there are no empty... It's like mo- a boomerang. Then you'd love it. <laughs> Feral boy. <laughs> Uh, no MTV Movie Awards are not there yet, but let's go to their top three, bottom three. This is where we talk about the good things, the bad things. I'll start with my top three. Number three, it's a tight script, and it moves. It's an hour and 34 minutes, and it moves. Number two, Steve Martin's Sadistic Dentist. Perfect. 
And my number one, the plant is still a marvel of special effects. Today it would be CGI and it would not look nearly as good as this version. Those are my three. Sam, what are yours? My number three is I'm a, I'm a big set guy. I'm a big setting. I'm a big, you know, landscape person. I want to yes. do what the, the backdrop sets the mood. And the third act, that final shop scene where yes. Tui is expanded, it it hits the mark every single time. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two is Steve Martin's character, but more importantly, the relationship between Bill Murray and Steve Martin. Yeah. Like Steve Martin, there's, there's, some, there's a lot of over-the-top annoying bits, but when he was with Bill Murray... Mm-hmm ballet no it was it was wonderful yeah and then my number one is Tui is a showstopper absolutely He's the best part i did you know as soon as he came to the screen and started talking i was like oh this is much better yeah he's instantly just perfect for the role I mean, he's the perfect part of this whole thing yeah it's it's the centerpiece it's- without him you don't have a movie well exactly there's no there's no there's no horrors yes Right, I agree. Uh, bottom three, time to vent. Number three, Audrey's voice makes me want to kill myself. I just can't stand her voice. Uh, and unfortunately, she's given like three songs in this. My number two, the final battle, it's not as good as the song that accompanies it. it but I think that's also just a matter of people just realized uh, it's a plant. This is easy. And my number one, it is hard to believe a plant in the window of a flower shop could increase business to that degree. <laughs> when you can't buy the fucking thing. your number one? Well. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. All right. I can't think of anything else. All right. But Sam, go for it. Break my heart. Okay. <laughs> number three, you have all this talent and it feels wasted for a majority of the cast members. I feel like if you change the direction or went down a different path with these comedic geniuses, mm-hmm. it could have resulted in a better performance altogether. But number two. Wait, no, just gotta, wait, hold Can I go by the, when you say a better performance by the characters? Yes. So who's, who, which of these side characters do you think gave a less than performance? Steve Martin for a majority. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Keep going. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Audrey. Uh. <laughs> it, I, if you're supposed to be like the, the the trophy on the mantelpiece that you can't reach, you need to be the trophy. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't understand Seymour's drive to be with you. Have you seen the other women in Skid Row? <laughs> Move out of skin row. <laughs> it's just the voice, just everything. I don't see the yearn. I have a what if question for you. Or would you rather? Would you rather be stuck on a desert island with Audrey or be stuck on a desert island with Berlin's take my breath away on a loop? <laughs> Audrey, because she's, <laughs> she's at least to get at least she's used to getting whooped for talking too much. Don't you ever put Berlin 
No. Don't hit women. Don't hit the women. The more you know. <laughs> For your health. Uh, yeah, I don't condone hitting of women. <laughs> but holy shit. This could movie you does. <laughs> could you imagine Berlin on loop? Nonstop. Could you imagine Ellen Green as Audrey singing? Take my breath away. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> could you could you imagine fucking uh take my breath away with the original cast? Cindy Lopper. Cindy Lopper. <laughs> it gets worse and it's worse. Like, yeah, I will take your breath away so you don't have no more. No more. No uh, more you, breath for you. Put your head under the sand. <laughs> and your number one. Number one. Yep. Number one. Number one. The music. Yep. I can't do it. Understandable. Except the last song. It's fantastic. I can't do it. You know what? Sorry. I can't argue with your number one. I can't. Music is subjective. If you don't like it, you don't like it. Yeah. Okay. Time for the critics rating. A to F scale. C is considered average. A is the highest. F is the lowest. If it receives S from all the hosts, it goes to a brand new category of movie. It's what we call a global killer. <laughs> the end of mankind. Doesn't matter where it hits. And nothing would survive. Not even bacteria. So the question is, what do you give 1986's Little Shop of Horrors in the musical movie genre by today's standard? Sam, you get to go first because I nominated it. So go for it. Gracias. Okay, I want to start off with the cast. Once again, the cast is stellar. It is star-studded from top to bottom. Yet all the characters in there, I only like about 50% of them half the time. I love Steve Martin. I love Steve Martin. He is such a nice guy. He's almost painful to watch sometimes. Figuratively and literally. Because those dentist scenes are brutal. Pure fear. The music, it's not for me. It's not my style. I love musicals. I don't like this musical. But that's just my own personal state and opinion. There's nothing, it really doesn't affect the score really at all. Yeah. Sets. Once again, about 50-50. Half the time, they look like cheap Broadway off-Broadway sets. The other half of the time, I see where the budget went. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not really a Broadway musical that made it to the big screen. It's more of a Broadway musical that was filmed for cinema. Audrey 2 is the best part of this movie, hands down, aside from Murray. He gives a life. He breathes energy into it. Without it, I could not have made it through this movie. He has so much personality, so much verbose action, and just just being so present. And the actors do such a good job. And the fact that he had to do all his lines in slow motion I know. is un believable It's sick. The pacing... I found myself bored for most of this movie, but I think it's because I just didn't enjoy the music and wish the songs would end. I'm really glad it's an hour and a half. Because holy shit. Overall, it is campy, but it's also real dumb. And I'm very confused if this movie is for kids or adults. It kind of teeters between both heavily. And it just didn't leave much of an impression on me. So my grade mm -hmm. and my ever so important opinion is uh, a 
Okay. My turn. Jane, you ignorant slut. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Now I feel bad for taking so long because now you have to edit that or it's going to be. Oh, no, I'm not. No. Oh, okay, good. No. Okay. Uh, this is one of two musicals we're doing this month that are basically purposefully B-movies that unintentionally became cultural classics. The second being Rocky Horror Picture Show, but we'll get to that in two weeks. I believe that to truly enjoy a musical, you first and foremost have to enjoy the style of the music. If you don't, you already are not going to get the entertainment value. So if you're missing that part, can you effectively grade it? And I say yes. If you can say the songs are well-structured, tell the story and don't fluff the viewer, then they are effective. When you like them taste-wise or not. Does this movie have some time goes by songs? Yes. But what this does better than other musicals is it keeps them short. Phew. Pacing wise, this is one of the best paced movies. It comes in at a cool hour and 35 minutes. You can watch it. It's like three sitcom episodes in a row. You're good to go. Might be the shortest musical movie of ever of all time. And that may be it's saving grace because it feels like if it's overstaying its welcome or bloated with songs, this could tell B and C stories that we don't need. Casting wise, look, Ellen Green, I get the cringe weirdly out of the way. It's kind of like, it's like playing poker. You can't win every hand. She's like having a three, a five, a seven, an eight, and a nine in your hand, and you have to bluff because you're pot committed. It's a necessary sacrifice if you're called on it, if you're on a winning streak, because it can throw off your opponent. That's Ellen Green. Her character is so rough to listen to, but she's a product of the environment. Everybody else is perfect in this movie, except Levi Stubbs as Audrey too, because he's beyond that. In order for this movie to work, you had to get the right voice and puppetry for the plant, and he brought the heat. Levi Stubbs is the MVP of this movie. Now, this movie is a tight movie time-wise. It's a funny movie that rarely steps on its own dick. It knows what it is, and it leans into it. The campiness, the B-moviness, the contrasting music stylings to the events, which is the essence of dark humor, and the sweetness that is easy to empathize with because it is such a small-scale story. In my opinion, it makes this movie one of the best musical movies I have ever seen. I've given this movie an A-. It deserves the grade, and it should be up there with the Fiddler on the Roofs and not with the Newsies. So, <laughs> so bitter. So, <laughs> so angry. This movie averages out to a C, <laughs> which puts it just a shade over newsies, you yeah. son of a bitch. Yeah, it's at number two. I mean, look, if JC and Joel and Steve want to, you know, chime in, it could either bump it up or lower it. I'd call Steve, but he's probably putting his kids to bed right now. Okay. Yeah. Listen, we honor the grade. It's a seven right now out of 12. That's a C plus for us. It is above the Newsies. It's, look, I consider it a win that it's above Newsies, okay? That's a win for me because if it was below Newsies, I was going to kill a motherfucker up in here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but anyway, th this this went off fantastically. Let's get our critics hats off. Do you love this movie? Like this movie? None of the above. I love it. I watch this movie once a year at a totally random time. It's ear candy for me. Sam. You know, I think hate's a strong word. You can use it. It's all right. I just really don't like this movie. Okay. That's like that's what your parents say. You know, I'm not mad at you. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> that's worse. Yeah. <laughs> 
had to watch this. Yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> it was, it yeah. was, it was not that bad. No shit, Sherlock. <laughs> <laughs> Tough today. Tough today. All right, let's close this bitch up. That's all we got time for today, Movie Planeteers. Next show, we will look at Rocky Horror Picture Show, and we'll watch our grades do a reciprocal uh, from 1975 for the musical Movie Pantheon. You can email the Movie Planet using the address movieplanetpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean and give us a four or five star review. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, and follow our Instagram. The opinions expressed on the Movie Planet podcast are those of the individual hosts. The Movie Planet podcast is not affiliated with, prepared for, approved, or licensed by any entity that created any films discussed or reviewed herein. All movie clips and music included in the podcast are the intellectual property of the respective copyright holders. They are included here for the purpose of review, and no infringement is intended. Uh, Sam, any last words? Feed me, because <laughs> I'm hungry. Are you hungry? I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we got time. Thanks for listening. Happy movie watching. Yeah. Bye. be she hawked i haven't watched it so shake that ass (laughs) you didn't watch the twerking scene no there's a twerking scene at the end of episode three first of all megan the stallion shows up in episode three okay white boy it's megan the stallion it's the no to be fair since i'm white boy they say the the entire fucking episode there's two e's Oh, there is? Yeah, white boy. Oh, <laughs> talking about? I can't read. <laughs> but anyway, she's in the episode, and at the end, she signs with She-Hulk, and they celebrate by twerking in their office together. I'm so excited for this. Oh, no. <laughs> it's bad CGI, though. The CGI's gotten worse every episode. It's gotten worse. It's, 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 it's fine. I'm trying to see She-Hulk shake that ass. Well, in the fourth episode, which I just watched, uh, she does have her date. One where she's on the couch with the guy. Yeah, that's a screenshot. That's a wallpaper screenshot right there, as far as I'm concerned. That ass. Yeah. Uh, oh, back to this. Uh, the, <laughs> uh, let's Did you see. see that the uh, the Flash scored the highest test scores of all the DC movies? They're trying to which sell. Is, 
which is hilarious because all their movies are shit uh, and they all said the same fucking thing. This movie's not making it into theaters. I still, I still will say that it will I, not I, be in theaters. Better. I want to see it. It will not make it into theaters. Uh, <sighs> yeah. It fucking better. Who are they going to get to sell this movie on late night television? It's not going to be Ezra Miller. He doesn't know where the fuck he is at this point. <laughs> He's going to sell me. <laughs> I want to see it. It'll be, on, it'll go straight to HBO max. I'll fucking watch it. Okay. HBO. <laughs> I'm talking to you. Okay. WB. BC. Get mafia on them. Give me the movie. I offer you the subscription. You give me the fish. Okay. Give me the goods. Open up. Let me in. For a second there, you sound like Sebastian Maniscalco. Who's that? You know, the comedian, the Italian comedian who always talks with his hands like oh, this. Oh, he talks with his hands like yeah. this. <laughs> Crazy. God, I just rewatched the uh, uh, the nice guys, the good guy. No, what the fuck? The, nice the, guys the with nice Russell Crowe? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that has to be nominated. That's one of the funniest fucking movies. <laughs> it's great. Like when, yeah, and it's like, it's just all I think about is when um, Ryan, Ryan Gosling. Gosling sees the dead bodies. <laughs> <laughs> it is him because it's funny because I th- I think the director when he when they they cast him they already knew that he can't scream he can't yell right. it's just like a weird wheezing uh, wheezing sound. sound and so when he, when he fractures his arm and have you seen the clip yet of, have you seen the the back the behind the scenes clip of him playing Ken and Barbie. No, we're okay. We're going to watch that after. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> which isn't that remake coming out soon? They've been talking about a remake for that for like for the last, years. Yeah. 10 years. It seems which, like also, yes, you know what comes out next week? Clerks three. Snoochie boochies. Snoochie boochies. <laughs> you know what else comes out next week? The 40th anniversary of Poltergeist. I know you hated that Fuck, movie. You're old. <laughs> No, what are you talking about? You're getting me mixed up with people. No, you hated Poltergeist when we did it. That is a damn lie. What's the score I gave it? I'm pulling it up right now uh, because I remember that was the first time you broke my heart, Sam. (laughs) I was like, how could you not like this movie? Uh, Horror. Poltergeist. You gave it a B minus. Yeah, that's a fucking fair. That's a good movie. I, I I liked it a lot. It's a fair. It's a good score. You're just making it sound like I gave it a fucking D. That was a fucking sacrilegious grade. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so okay, so I hated it. Moving on, I you gave hated it. it. I you gave, gave it a B minus. B- it sucks. It was horrible. I remember it much worse than it actually was. <laughs> Here, can it's too late to change my score. <laughs> you want to go lower? Yeah, I really watched it. It's a D minus. D dick. 